Hello, hello, and welcome back to yet another episode of Just Saying Sports. Of course, I am your host, Jake Atnip. Here is with me is the legendary Sean Dwyer. How you doing? Everybody's doing pretty well this evening, I hope. But we wanted to join you today to talk about the World Series. The Major League Baseball season just wrapped up. All the postseason awards have not been given out yet, but which we did make some picks. But speaking of what we've done over the last few months is talk about who we thought was going to world, win the World Series and why. And as it seems right now, Sean, neither one of us got our picks right. No, I went with uh, the Houston Astros and they and got I, beat. Yeah, and I had the Yankees and they got beat both by the, the, the World Series champions, Boston Red Sox. But today's show, we want to talk about just our reaction to the World Series between the Boston Red Sox and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Obviously, there's a lot going on coming into the offseason, but without postseason awards out yet, we want to focus just especially on the Red Sox and how they did what they did and how the series went. We're also going to talk about some of their contracts and how they can reload for next year. Also, we're going to get into a couple of the biggest free agents in the offseason that are coming up and even talk a few player options and such like that to see where we think they're going to end up and uh, why. And we're also going to drop into a little bit of most surprising aspects about this MLB season, whether it be players or teams. So make sure you stay tuned for that. But Sean, just to start off with, we were both dead wrong in the AL. I mean, we thought the AL was going to win the world series, but, Obviously, the Red Sox did it in a pretty dominating fashion, if you ask me. Uh, going over the past World Series champions and the Houston Astros and my pick, the Yankees and the ALDS, uh, what do you think was the key to the World Series for this particular Red Sox team? I think it was the pitching that they got from a couple unlikely people, and that was or one unlikely person, and that was David Price. You know, his whole career, he struggled in the playoffs, and he put together three really good starts, one in the ALCS and two in the World Series. He could really give Boston what they needed and win in five games. Yeah, I mean, there has been a couple different guys, even just besides David Price, who, stu- who you know stood up in this series. Uh, you remember that really, really, really long game. Uh, what did it go? 18 innings, right? Yep. Just imagine having to throw two starting pitchers in a single game and play two full games. So, I mean, you could really say this was, you know, almost a seven game series. It it almost was pushed to that point just because of how many innings they played. But I mean, what's your, what's your overall reaction to the Red Sox doing what they did in a dominating fashion? I think that this was, I mean, obviously from a number standpoint, this was like the third or fourth highest win total achieved by a team adding all the wins in the regular season and postseason. I think that you really have to – I think the time is going to do good for this Red Sox team. I think give it a couple of years and people are going to see just how dominant this team was to win as many games as they want in the regular season then to follow it up with a great postseason run. I think this time will act fair very well for this Red Sox team, and I think that they'll be more appreciated in a couple of years than they are right now. I don't even think that they are – you know, disregarded right now. If you look at the pieces that this team had this year, it's no surprise to me that they were able to win the World Series. I just thought that 
you know, when, when we got to that point and I kept picking the Yankees, I kind of just stuck with my deal from the beginning of the season. But, you know, I thought the money might win out over, you know, the pieces all being put together. But Boston's team from top to bottom is just solid and has been. You know, you got who I probably think will be the AL MVP and Mookie Betts on, you know, on Boston with J.D. Martinez, who is close to the lead in home runs in the AL, um, if not in the lead. And you just see all of these pieces fall into place. They're, they're Keg, Craig Kimbrell, you know, their closer. He did an outstanding job. I think how many runs did he allow in the World Series? Are you are you privy of that knowledge? Uh not off the top of my head, no. But it was I think it was zero. Well, I, I'm pretty uh, sure he I that's what I I, I didn't want to say zero without being almost positive, but I'm telling you, he he came in in amazing relief to hold teams. He he may not have gotten all the closes uh that you would have assumed. But, you know, he came in amazing relief to do what he had to do for the Red Sox to keep them in the game. And it's funny because I do want to talk about his, uh, you know, his, like, pitching stance. It's not even his pitching stance. I think he's, like, a bat. I mean, can you explain (laughs) that to me? (laughs) Uh, There's a story that goes along with it, but I think it's just a pure trying to intimidate the batter kind of deal. I think it's hilarious. I, every time I see it, I want to imitate it because it's like, what are you even doing right now, Craig? But either way, uh, their, their bullpen showed up. Their bat showed up. Home and away. You know, it, it, a lot of times, I mean, Fenway Park's a hard place to hit at in the first place. But, you know, a lot of times teams in the postseason are really, really good at home and they struggle on the road, especially with their bats. But that didn't happen with the Red Sox. I mean, they have put up solid run numbers in almost every single game this postseason. And ah. that, that, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I, you know, I, I, I see it happening or unfolding the way that it did. Going back on Craig Krimble, he did give up two runs in game number I think it was game four. He gave up two runs in game four. Yeah. But they were up nine to Nine to four in the ninth inning when Craig Kimbrell came in. Oh, so he wasn't even in for a save attempt, and he just gave up a couple runs. Yeah, but either way, their bullpen did fantastic, and yeah, their bullpen was outstanding. It was probably one of the better bullpens to come out of a postseason series in a while. And then you compare that to that's kind of what undid the Dodgers was their bullpen was not good at all. Um, Everybody in Game Four for the Dodgers gave up a run starting with two relievers that ended up with zero total innings pitched. So that was not a good look for the Dodgers in that game. And the whole series was not good for them out of the bullpen. Well, yeah. And if you just see how they, how the Red Sox were managed with props, you know, props to how their pitching rotation was put together. And they always had somebody left in the bullpen who could actually make a difference in a game. And the Dodgers, like you said, they got burnt out really, really fast. But did you really think at the beginning of the year, obviously we made our picks, but did you really think that with the roster that was put together, they would have won 108 games in the regular season and ran to a World Series title, basically? No, I wouldn't have thought that. I thought that there was, obviously, when we go back, if you want to go back and listen to our MLB podcast at the beginning of the year, uh, we both picked the Yankees to win their division, 
and a permeation of the Yankees and Astros to win the uh, American League, and we stuck with that all year. I was, I'm going to be honest, I was never bought in on this Boston team until they won the American League Championship Series because of the, what I mentioned earlier, the uncertainty at pitcher of David Price. You know, you weren't sure what you were going to get out of him for a playoff series. Which he was, what, 0-9 before this? 0-9 in the postseason, then he won his first three games? And even coming into the regular season out of spring training, you know, there was a lot of questions. I think he didn't pitch for the first month, right? Yeah, uh, yes, he was, yes. So there was a lot going on with the Red Sox in terms of injuries. You know, they also lost a guy who didn't even pitch in the playoffs but was on their starting rotation and drew Pomerantz. Uh, Chris Sale has been, you know, all over the place when it's come to playoffs in the past too. So I wasn't really sure – the lineup I knew was going to be good for the Red Sox. You know, Betts, Benintendi, Bradley, Bogarts, you know, the big four Bs for them. But I wasn't sure what the pitching was going to do. And so once they got that pitching figured out in the playoffs and proved it, I was like, all right, the World Series, let's go. Well, that's actually a perfect segue uh, out of the World Series and kind of into the next year for the Boston Red Sox. They do have some pretty big contracts that need attention going forward in the next season. And a few of these big arms that we've named just in the last couple minutes with Craig Kimbrell, Chris Sale, Drew Pomerantz, and Joe Kelly. I mean, Sean, what do you think they are going to be able to do in terms of retaining these arms and or making the best out of the situation once they're all gone? I'm not really sure what the Boston Red Sox, what their plan is. Um, the more I looked at this and the more I really thought about it is they're about two, two to three years away from having to work out contracts with, or having to start really focus on contracts with Benintendi, Betts, Bradley, Bogarts, those four guys I just named and a couple other guys. So I'm not sure how much they want to commit as far as money to Kimbrel, Sale, and Kelly. I think Pomerantz is the – if they want to keep three out of the four, I think Pomerantz is the odd guy out just because he was on the DL all year and his numbers weren't great. And so they've proven that they can get by without him. So I think Pomerantz is on the way out. I think it's going to come down to really Boston's going to have to choose two of these guys to try and keep. And I think it's going to be Chris Sale and Joe Kelly. I think Joe Kelly has been a reliever for Boston for a while that could fill that closer role. He kind of has a Kimbrel-like fastball that gets up into the high 90s, low 100s. And so I think they might take a shot with Kelly being a little bit cheaper in the closer role. And, of course, you're not going to let Chris Sale get away. Um, So I think Chris Sale and Joe Kelly come back. Kimbrel's a maybe for me if they can work out a short-term deal. And I think Pomerantz on the way out. Yeah, so speaking of other free agents now, there's a couple really big ones who are coming up. Obviously, there was a rental made by the L.A. Dodgers, basically, when they traded for Manny Machado. Manny Machado now is going to be a free agent. And according to Bovada Sportsbooks, the best to worst odds to sign Manny Machado, the Philadelphia Phillies, the Los Angeles Dodgers to re-sign him, the New York Yankees, which uh, I don't know if he really fits, the Marlins, and then the Angels. I mean, we'll start off just with him, Sean. Where do you think Machado signs in the offseason do you think he kind of gets you know cold feet after not winning the world series with the dodgers no i think he goes back to the dodgers i think he really he didn't have a great 
season after he went to the Dodgers. I think a lot of people were like, oh, you can hit in Baltimore where it's not really a big stage, but you put him on the big stage, you can't hit as well. I think that's something that he's going to want to prove wrong. Um, I don't think you can do that in Philadelphia. I don't think that, the, like you said, I don't think the Yankees are going to make a run for him because, you know, they're going to have to start looking at contracts of their own soon because a lot of their guys are on rookie deals. And with Andujar being in the middle of a rookie of the year race with Glaber Torres being right there with him. And that's their third base, second base shortstop is DD Gregorius. I don't think there's anywhere else to move him besides shortstop. And they Yankees really like Gregorius. So I don't think the Yankees are in play. The Marlins, I don't even know why, how they ended up on this list. Well, yeah. Honest. And that was the same thing I was saying. The Yankees, it just doesn't make sense on, you know, with the talent they have currently and the infield that they're working with and trying to, you know, develop i don't think it works with machado but no, it um, but but for me my biggest you know the person the, uh, they may be fifth on this odds making list but i think that the angels actually would be the best fit for machado if the dodgers don't resign him uh if the dodgers I, can't retain him i mean they, they have a, a you know a shortstop in yeah, they, they, I mean, they, they don't have a shortstop who's a big star, and if they really want to give Mike Trout help and Albert Pujols the last few good years, they really need to up their ante because they were two games below 500. If, they, if they're going to spend some money in the offseason, it'll really be, you know, worth it for the best player in the world than Mike Trout. Yeah, I think the Angels, if they want to make a run with Trout still in his prime, they should make a run at Machado. But I think that he's going to stay in L.A., but I think the Dodgers are the place that Machado ends up staying. Yeah, I mean, it really depends on how the fan base really takes to how his performance was in the World Series and what the management looks at it like, because I wasn't very impressed with it, honestly. Uh, when when he came out and they showed that interview, he was like, oh, hustling's not really my thing. It's just like, man, I don't take that well, especially if I'm a teammate. And, no, I, I understand that. Yeah, it's not a good look for Manny and, Machado. And especially if you just lost the World Series, and if one of the reasons, which I would – I can't give it 100% to that, but obviously lack of hustle might be one of the reasons why they lost to the Red Sox. It's a high uh, high chance that was part of it. Exactly. You know, like I don't know if I bring him back, and that's what I'm saying, is if there's going to be a fit, I think the Angels are going to be a good place for Manny Machado. Now, there is one more guy we do want to talk about uh, – Big, big, big decision for one of the most highly touted free agents in a while, Mr. Bryce Harper. I mean, Sean, this guy has done a lot of good things in the last few years, but in a contract year, he did not do so well. No, he didn't. He had a very substandard year in terms of what he needed to do to get that contract that he's been rumored to be wanting in that $400 million range, which people assumed after his rookie year, he was going to be a shoe in for. But things haven't really gone his way, and here we are with Harper about to hit free agency, and people are starting to wonder what the heck's going on with his career path. You know, is he going to be a just a home-run slugging outfielder, which completely changes the dynamic of what people want to pay him if he's not going to be an all-around hitter. So it's going to really it's going to be really interesting free agency period for Bryce Harper, as in we're going to find out what teams think he really is for his future. Now we'll go back to these Bovada odds just on who he's going to sign with. Top dogs once again, the Philadelphia Phillies, who got a lot of money to spend, is why they're at the top of this list for both of these guys. 
Then the Chicago Cubs, uh, back to the Washington Nationals in third, the San Francisco Giants in fourth, the Yankees in fifth, and the Dodgers in sixth. Uh, Who do you think is the best option for Bryce Harper to sign with? And, I mean, who do you think he will end up signing with? I think he's going to just – if I'm going to pick a team off this list, I'm going to go with the Cubs just because he has made no thing about hiding the fact that he wants to play with Chris Bryant. You know, him and Chris Bryant are both from Las Vegas. They grew up playing with and against each other. Now they're both in the majors. They talked about playing together before. And Chris Bryant has already signed a deal or is going to be signing a deal with the Cubs to stay there. And Bryce Harper is a free agent. So out of all these teams on the list, I think that the relationship with the Nationals was just kind of soured over the past couple of years because no one knows really what those conversations were in contract negotiations. And then there was always nobody was sure if they even had any. So I think that these, I think he's on his way out of the nationals, but I am going to say, I have said it before on a podcast. I'll say it again right now, a team that's not on this list where I would not be surprised at all. If their name comes up is the Atlanta Braves. They have a ton of money coming off of their books this year, 74 million is what they're going to be clearing. They have probably the highest or the lowest salary in baseball going in the next year with the most money to spend. I think the Braves can make a run at Bryce Harper. If I'm the Braves, I do make a run at Bryce Harper because it soars up an outfield spot, solidifies that young infield that you have, and it gets you one piece closer to a World Series run that the Braves are going to be wanting to make within the next three years. I remember you saying that before, and it makes a lot of sense, especially if they can pay him the money. And as a young team, which Bryce Harper could really be a veteran on and try to help some of these guys, and they could pay him that type of money for a long, long-term deal. And I think the next contract that Bryce Harper gets is going to be long, and it's hard for me to imagine him out of a Nationals uniform. And I know you said that you think the relationship has kind of soured over the last couple of years, but if I'm the Washington Nationals, you still have a team right now that can be at least added to minimally and make a run at what you're trying to do. I don't know what's quite wrong with them, but I don't think it's Bryce Harper, and I don't think they think it's Bryce Harper either. I know he's had a subpar year this year, but I think he might re-sign with the Washington Nationals. You know, they do have a squad, and, you know, comfortability is key a lot of times. He's been there for a while, and he knows what he's doing, and he's been good. It's not like he's just getting worse or he's, you know, regressing because he went into a new park or something. He's just had a little bit of a bad year when, you know, both of us expected the Nationals to be much better than they were. So, I mean, they weren't very good as a team, which it doesn't really feed into individual performance all the time, but I think it does. And, uh, you know, but I think they, they, they double down on him and really talk it out, and he doesn't go anywhere without an exorbitant amount of money. But that is going to do it for our World Series wrap-up, Major League Baseball season wrap-up. We still will talk a little bit about the awards when they come out. We are a little bit fresh for that type of stuff. Uh, But we have made our picks already, so we'll go back and see if we can double down once they all get selected. But that does it for our Major League Baseball season, which is crazy because we started this podcast – what, right around the beginning of spring training, 
which is, you know, so, you know, this entire baseball season is about as long as our podcast has gone. So congratulations to us, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good one. I think we're going on, what is it, episode 30 soon? I think this, either this one or the next one will be. Yeah, fun. yeah, we're, we're close to it. So uh, we're, we're getting old and, you know, 162 games went quick along with the month of October. But we do appreciate everybody for listening, as always. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, anything that you want to listen to. You know where to find us. Just Saying Sports, at Just Saying Sport on Twitter, at Jake Adnan. And for me, at Sean Dwyer SE3, or Dwyer SE3 for Sean. Um, <laughs> but as always, thank you, thank you, thank you. We love you. We will see you later on this week for yet another episode of Just Saying Sports. Until then, have a good one.